Yes, you're wrong. The podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Yes, 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 yes. We're back talking about very important <laughs> news, such no. as Colton Underwood's engagement. <laughs> okay, you sent this to me. I didn't realize he was engaged. I was just like, I thought it was a boyfriend announcement. No. Have they been the- dating a while? I so I I had ne- I mean I don't follow Colton Underwood I didn't even watch his season of The Bachelor and I definitely didn't watch his weird I'm Gay Now show yeah um but we have talked about him and how he's a stalker and creepy and weird yeah. and whatever um and so I didn't even know he had a boyfriend yeah but then I was like I saw somewhere online that he was engaged and I was like what. This is so fast. So I looked up this man who he's engaged to named Jordan C. Brown, who is 39. He's a political strategist. But he... uh, I couldn't tell if he has as many followers as he does because he's dating Colton or if he was already sort of like (laughs) running in like a semi-famous circle. You know how I feel like Hollywood is full of these people who are like somehow have money it's like they're not front of camera people but they're like no people so they're in those circles so i sort of assume that's what he is for some reason but yes he's 39 he's a political strategist um and they started dating this summer so so really yeah they've been together like what seven months probably uh, you know it's a longer engagement than he would have gotten on uh on the bachelor so well, that's what I was thinking, because I was like, this is so fast and feels like very, you know, ill-conceived. I'm sure that they're happy and will get, you know, if they make it to the marriage, they'll get divorced in three years. But I was like, maybe being on The Bachelor, like, warps your sense of how long <laughs> these things take. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and, you know, I think as you get older, maybe there is this, like... Maybe he knows how to date. Um, no, seriously, no, now. he definitely does not. <laughs> I mean, he just came out, so I'm like, this is this is one hundred percent the first Matt? like. Do you? Want no, I've I I looked at these pictures partner. and I was like, no, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, this man looks old. He does. It is a. It is an interesting. He's. Bit. I don't think he's. I think he looks older than he is. Yeah. Because he has like gray hair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he looks much older yeah. than Colton. <laughs> Colton looks like he could be his son in these photos. <laughs> Colton does have a baby face. Because how old is Colton? He's like 34. 30. Isn't he? Oh, no, wow. he's just oh, 30. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, congrats to them. I That's as much energy as I can muster for Colton. Did you watch the show? Colton Underwood? Oh, the yeah. Netflix show? No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no interest in that. Uh, yeah, but every you know, now and again, you really hate grow. watch the crap out of something, so I wasn't sure. Yeah, no, I'd have, I don't care enough about him to hate him even, you know what I mean? Like, it's just mm-hmm. indifference. Um, but yeah, I is there season two? Is that what, what <laughs> draws the wedding planning in? Um, oh, I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> 
They were like, it was a, it was a, it stipulated in the contract, like you have one year to find someone who will get yeah, married exactly. to you, or otherwise we're not getting it. a season two. <laughs> that could be a good dating show. Reality stars who are forced to get married to stay relevant. Yeah, I watch. Um, yeah, it's been a rough week for news around the world. Obviously, we're touching on the least important of all of it. Um, it tough time to be a human, honestly, but. I did want to send my thoughts and prayers to you as a true enemy, a true Academy watcher, a true Oscar lover. Yes. Um, oh, my God. The big news this week is in an attempt to, you know, the question over the last decade, probably my whole life has been, oh, the Oscars lo- losing viewers. How do we keep the viewers? And they, they just keep insisting that it must be the long runtime, which you and I complain about. Like, sometimes it can feel long. But their solution is not to zhuzh up the the presentations. It's instead to cut how many categories? Five from Eight. the telecast. Eight categories Eight from the of telecast. Of twenty three. Yeah. So a large, <laughs> large collection, which they justify by it being sort of the lesser tier categories. But even like thinking about our favorite moments from last the last few years that we've been podcasting about the Oscars. These are some of the categories that have some of the more fun moments because it's sort of the wonky makeup and costume people winning awards and showing up in top hats. And they're just like the not famous, not front facing Hollywood types who it's fun to see on a show that's usually so glamorous and like gorgeous and whatever. That sounded wrong. It's not because they're... But sometimes like, but sometimes they're like a little bit more nervous, a little yeah. less polished, a little more excited. And it means and, something. To them. Yeah. And they're, and they aren't people who we've seen give 65 yes. speeches at that point. So when the makeup lady gets up there and is crying, it's like very interesting to us. Yeah. Also, I think I wrote a whole piece on Buzzfeed about different moments from the past, you know, however many Oscars that we wouldn't have gotten if these categories weren't aired. Yeah. And lots of times the, the presenters for them do fun bits. A lot of times, especially the short films, are films about really important issues. So the um, people who win those awards get to highlight things that aren't being highlighted in the Oscars in general. Like a couple of years ago, this short documentary about um, women in India who are making sanitary products mm-hmm. won best documentary Period. short. Yeah. And so they got to, so they got to talk about that on stage, which I think was something really important. So there's just so many like great fun moments and to go back to their premise mm-hmm. that people aren't well, one to start that they're losing viewers. <laughs> yeah. Every single show that airs on television has been losing viewers over the past 15, 20 years as streaming and cable and just like more options of things are available to watch. You don't have to watch them in real time. You can stream things like nobody is watching any of these events as much as they used to. The Olympics are down in numbers. The Super Bowl is down in numbers. Like all of these shows and events that used to make so much money because it was the only thing on to watch and everyone is watching them now you don't have to watch the olympics for you know two straight weeks because it's the only thing on tv you can watch other things there's netflix there's whatever and so i think that the academy thinks oh people aren't just watching the oscars and it's like no people aren't watching anything yeah well and viewership has changed it changed anyways like people are catching what they can on twitter or on tiktok like it's not like everyone 
at every household is sitting down and turning on the TV for four hours straight. It's like people are streaming it online if they can. You know, like it seems like the way to gain an audience is to adapt to the audience rather than trying to be like, maybe if we cut it down, we'll suddenly get Jim and John like in Milwaukee to sit down and come back to it. Like, no, like it's like the people who watch the Oscars are continuing to watch the Oscars. But if you continue to cut down why they watch the Oscars, then you're going to lose the core viewers that you've already established in an industry that's constantly shifting and changing. So it's just like, it's poor long-term planning, in my opinion. It's just like, who's making these decisions? Because it doesn't make sense. And it's always met with like real pushback. Yeah, they're trying to lure people to watch these who don't have interest rather than catering toward the solid group of people that they already have, including all of the people who work in Hollywood in these craft categories who are obviously very upset about it. There's been lots of like sort of um, grumblings among the various guilds and, uh, you know, different directors, actors, you know, all kinds of different people about how they don't like this, how this feels like it's a affront to all of these different groups that are so important to making films in the first place that it's disrespectful and also like the oscars are what you know like three and a half four hours long if you cut that back to three hours like are we all of a sudden (laughs) gonna get a lot more people i don't think so it's not like we're turning this into a half hour comedy special right and also i think a lot of times, some the the Oscars don't understand how to manage their time well. Oh yeah, that's like a hundred percent the problem. Uh, yes, like like it'll be four hours, but we'll have these like sort of dead segments in there that nobody really wants. You know, it's like last year they had they didn't have any montage clips; they just had people reading out like long, <laughs> long, long intros, and nobody yeah. wants that. It's like you could have yeah. cut twenty minutes from the show just by cutting those. But instead, it's boring because of what's filling that time, not the time itself. Yeah. So they cut um, they cut makeup and hairstyling, uh, animated, the animated documentary live action shorts. Yeah. The editing section, which they'd already cut down to just editing instead of sound editing and sound mixing. Or no, sorry. No, that's sound. Yeah. Editing's cut. And then they cut sound, which was the one that used to be two categories, but it's one. And they cut original score and production design, which is just like, I, I I understand the like, oh, well, maybe shorts don't belong here, like logic, even though I ultimately like seeing those shorts win because like you pointed out, it's usually small craftsmen who go on to do like, you know, th- who get the recognition to go on and do, do feature length or whatever. But it's just silly to keep trying to ice out these categories that are like, essential parts of the movie making business like to think that the only reason people tune into the oscars is to see like meryl streep get nominated again and jared leto give some sort of speech like about the environment like no it's like it's fun to celebrate the making of movies and original score and editing like that's a huge part of it production like makeup all of that is a crucial piece and it's usually the more fun interesting um like Oscar moments because you get to see like, oh, this is how they made costumes or this is a highlight of the costume reel or like, wow, look at the sound mixing that went into uh, creating the explosions and Star Wars, like all this sort of stuff, which is the behind the scenes magic that makes a movie fun is just disrespectful to try and be like, oh, well, we're just not going to show that on the telecast. And their reasoning is it will still be like, you'll still see this 
the announcements on the telecast and like the speeches, but it won't be live or something. Well, supposedly what they're doing is that, which is complicated and I think will lend itself to be very annoying is that. So the, the red carpet will start an hour earlier. So then everybody who's Mm. at the Oscars will be into the room an hour before our (laughs) telecast starts in that hour. We sitting at home will be watching a pre-recorded red carpet thing from earlier in the day while they're giving out the eight awards that we will not be seeing. Those will be announced on Twitter while the red carpet footage is being shown to us. Then when we get to the actual ceremony that we are seeing live an hour later, at some point in that they will intercut the winner's speeches from those eight awards. So technically we'll still already see the, the speeches, but if you're on Twitter, you'll already know who won. And also there won't be like the live quality of it all because it will just be like a hyper cut of the speeches. Like no one will be, they won't be presented. Nobody be walking to stage. They won't be reading off the nominees. It'll just be like, and here's the winnings. And it's just like, if it's that, if I, at that point, it's like, well, what's the reason? Like, I don't understand. Like, how much why. time are we saving? Yeah. Like, 10 minutes? <laughs> yeah. And one of the side stories that came out of this is with the um, sound category, who, like I said, they had last year made the controversial choice to combine the sound categories because us plebs didn't understand the difference between um, sound editing and sound mixing, even though they're completely different arts or crafts, I guess. Yes. And so supposedly part of that agreement was that they would never, that they wouldn't cut it down anymore. So they had an entire, the guild like went and to the academy and was like, what on earth is happening here? Like there was a tense um, conversation, let's say, can't wait for the movie about this, but uh, uh, where they're like, how can you do this? Like we just let you combine us and now you're cutting us from the telecast itself. So it's just like, a bonkers choice and obviously social media was upset um the hashtag like present all 23 was trending um last year when they tried to make these sort of outrageous decisions they ultimately backtracked on it but i haven't heard anything about them backtracking on this yeah i haven't either i think it sort of depends on like the reaction that they get. I think if some of the guilds and some of the actors, you know, start pushing back in a big way, they'll have to backtrack. I just don't know if that's happening or if that's happening behind the scenes or sort of who is placating who in all of this. It's also confusing as to who made this decision, whether it was Mm -hmm. ABC or whether it was the Academy or sort of who was leading the charge on this. Cause the board of governors from the Academy announced it without obviously letting it's not like the whole Academy was voting on this or something. It was just a small group of people who decided to make this decision. It's also interesting. One of the things I pointed out in the article I wrote, they are doing this presumably to try to get more people who have only seen big blockbuster movies to watch the Academy, but it's sort of uh, like shooting themselves in the foot because (laughs) the categories that those movies usually win are the categories that they are cutting. So it's like, a lot of like Dunkirk and and Mad Max and a bunch of these movies that pres- like had a larger viewership only won in categories below the line. So it's yeah, it yeah. doesn't make sense on any front to me at least. Yeah, it, it's one of those frustrating things where you're like, I wish I could just talk, talk to someone who's in charge because 
I don't think they're thinking this through. <laughs> like, I just want to hold their hand and be like, maybe you guys can just come up with funnier bits to entertain the masses instead of cutting down and like ruining your own cred. Because if you just keep watering down like the Oscar event, then people will care less about the Oscar as a prize and turn their attention to something else that hasn't had to kind of strip down its own uh, importance, like watching the SAG Awards or whatever it is. Or going to the, you know, the the Emmys or the Golden Globes, I mean, and well, just enjoying it there because it's like, well, what is the Oscars going to mean if you're not even like pretending anymore to value the artistry of film? Well, and the thing that's crazy, too, is like, so the Oscars present 23 awards, but most of the other award ceremonies present more yeah. than that. <laughs> like the Golden Globes, the Emmys, like they're giving away... Uh, well, the Golden Globes are giving awards to movie and TV. Yeah. The Emmys are have 900 categories. <laughs> like, the fact that they are doing this doesn't really make sense, especially when I feel like the sort of... Um, uh, like the what what is it like the, the the model that they're following perhaps is the grammys mm. because the grammys don't present very many awards but the grammys have all of these concert performances that right. they can lean on <laughs> so it becomes less of an award show and more of a concert series but the oscars don't how like what are they going to get the people to come up and like perform monologues or something it's not like they have that aspect to rely on yeah so i don't it's like the the main thing people are watching for is the awards and i don't understand why we're cutting those i'm sure it comes down to advertising like i'm sure the network like you know if they're filling the out three hours and they lose viewership suddenly in the bottom half it's like oh well what advertisers will want to match with them type thing and it's like it's just annoying eh, but the other thing is like (laughs) you cannot tell me that whatever would be airing during the fourth hour of the oscars is getting more viewership than the oscars if the oscars isn't on yeah no it's it's a silly, like outdated, stubborn look at what like what's the usually is running today. at eleven thirty because I don't <laughs> think people are watching that. Yeah, I just think they should talk if they really want to like modernize or or bring in an audience. They need to talk to like who's watching TV now, and no one is. But I just don't, I don't know what they're hoping to get here because they're angering the only people who give them like credence. And so it's just like seems like a really sad, slow walk into, uh, I don't know, but just total unimportant. So, I mean, the other thing with the Oscars that's nice, at least, is that they it seem to make stupid decisions every year. And then when yeah. it goes poorly, they change their mind. Like we got rid of the hosts for a while. Now the hosts are back. You know, they're always like yeah. trying to switch up something and desperate need to get the viewers <laughs> back. And it's like, the viewers aren't coming back. So just like make it for the people mm. who you have, like make it for the people who love movies. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I, and the thing is, I really doubt that this will suddenly like, keep them on time i really just don't believe them like everything well, also, they I try. Don't think it, also i don't think it's going to give them lots of viewers <laughs> yeah yeah no not at all but even if they're like oh this will save the us from going over time it's like i doubt that i, I think 100 percent doubt that <laughs> i mean i think this will be the lowest number of viewers that they've had yeah. yet because it always is every year yeah. if they didn't get an uptick <laughs> last year when everybody was in the pandemic still <laughs> there's no way that they're getting an uptick now oh yeah 
Like they didn't have to compete with concerts or going to a restaurant or all kinds of stuff last year. And they were still the lowest viewed Oscars yeah. ever. So I know I'm kind of annoyed that they were like, oh, we're going to do the most a popular movie category. And they they nixed that idea so fast, but they haven't nixed these this idea, which I think is so much worse. So I hope they change their mind, but it seems like they're kind of like stuck in it. So I don't yeah. know. We'll see. Um, Did you watch the SAG Awards? No, but I I saw sort of the highlights, so I I figured you'd walk me through it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't watch them, watch them because I was watching Euphoria, but I also was following oh, yes. the highlights and uh, the SAGs. It's it's interesting the like TV award side of things because the Emmys are at a completely different time of year, so yeah. I feel like I'm never fully like focused on those when the Golden Globes or the SAGs come up because I'm like, wait, this is a different group of it's some of last year's stuff, <laughs> some of next year's stuff. Like it doesn't really make sense. Um, but I was paying attention to the acting awards that they gave out for movies. And in a lot of ways, I think it sort of mirrored what is probably going to happen at the Oscars, or at least to a certain extent. Um, Will Smith won Best Actor for King Richard, and mm-hmm. he's sort of the front runner in that category. Um, Ariana DeBose from West Side Story and Troy Kotzer from CODA won the supporting categories. And I think they have a little bit of competition in both of those, but also are kind of like co-front runners if they're with Kirsten Dunst and Cody Smith McPhee, depending on how much the Academy likes power of the dog. The real interesting one was that Jessica Chastain won for the <laughs> eyes of Tammy Faye because supposedly the front runner in this category was Nicole Kidman, who was nominated and did not win last night. And then also nominated last night was Olivia Coleman. But mm-hmm. The other two Oscar nominees in Kristen Stewart and Penelope Cruz were not nominated last night. And so now it's like Jessica Chastain is sort of like going into the Oscars with some more steam and the final voting hasn't started yet for Oscars. So all of this is, you know, being taken in by the Academy, but at the same time, she's up against very different people. So now you sort of have Nicole Kidman, who's the supposed front runner. You have Kristen Stewart, who used to be the front runner, supposedly you have Jessica Chastain, who's won this award. Um, Then you have Olivia Coleman, who is, you know, wins everything that she's ever nominated for. And with the Academy skewing more and more international, um, Penelope Cruz being nominated was a surprise, but also like, you know, I feel like you can't count her out. So it's really like anybody's game and best actress, which I think is a lot of fun. Yeah. The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Weird, weird movie. <laughs> I loved it though. <laughs> yeah. I mean I mean it spoke to, to me why. as a as a as a Midwestern <laughs> evangelical. Camp. Yeah. <laughs> um I think yeah, it Yeah. It seems like a I don't know. I think about I'll have thoughts, I guess, in our year roundup about Tammy Faye versus Spencer and all this sort of like was it good? Was it bad? I don't know. <laughs> I can't yeah. decide. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was interesting. And we sort of talked about this because West Side Story has sort of gotten a re, I don't know, a re-energized perspective. It's coming on HBO. Um, so more people are watching it. It went a video clip went viral on to, on Twitter. I don't know why. And then Ariana won for the uh uh, for supporting Anita, actress. Pres- yeah, yeah. Role, which I, I'm fine with. I thought she was really good. Yeah, she was she good was, in that movie. She's good in that movie. Um, but did it win other stuff? Because there's like a brewing undercurrent that it could snab more at the Oscars than people originally thought. 
Well, the thing with SAG is it's only acting awards. Yeah. Um, and so the the big prize is the ensemble award, which sort of has weird nominees that don't oh, yeah. line up with the actors. And the winner of that was Coda. So good. Which I sort of don't think really has a shot at Best Picture. So we'll see. But who I think knows? that just <laughs> I I think the Coda win helps Troy Kotzer. I think that he's now very likely yeah. to win as he won and also his cast oh, so won good. at um the sags yeah no i like that i liked that win it was a very charming uh speech and similarly in television which i guess you never watched squid game but squid game won a bunch of them right because they got best actor and best supporting actress uh i think best actor and best actress in a in a drama yeah Yes. And it was, and they're so charming. And I love, she, it was her first role in anything. And I'm just like enamored by her. And so I was happy to see that win. They're just, it just, I love the exuberance when people pull off surprise wins. Cause it was like them versus succession, basically. Um, yes. And I think it was a well warranted uh, win. I, I know I have my feelings about succession, but I really do think Squid Game is. Is the popular vote, but I think they actually are really, really, really good in it. Well, then um, Succession won the, like, ensemble award. So it does feel like, okay, will we spread the wealth there nicely? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how Squid Game, to me, feels like something that the Emmys, like, wouldn't normally go for. But then again, maybe they will. I don't know. Maybe I haven't watched it, so I don't really yeah, understand. I mean, the, like, for, full... like Stranger Things has won a couple of things. Like it's not like dark, weird, horror-y, sci-fi stuff have won or at least been nominated before, right? And you know what? Modern Family was nominated for like eighteen years in a row, so their taste is questionable anyway. So like popular popularity doesn't always discount tv in the same way that i think it does for movies sometimes yeah 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 well i mean and we've talked to death about how like there's so much tv so with the (laughs) with the emmys it's really like what did people actually watch that they're able to vote for so sometimes they just keep getting the same things nominated over and over again because that's the one show that the person (laughs) is still watching very true um did you have any other news or or uh, should we get into love it or hate it? Um, I mean, I just had that Amanda Bynes is now oh, yes. getting out of her conservatorship. Yes. But I I didn't really look into that story too much other than just that that had happened. So yeah. I don't think there's very much news on that. So yeah, we can get into love like it or hate it. Um, okay. Well, speaking of TV, um, Abbott Elementary is a network show, which we would have covered if we were doing our network show roundup. But it is... Actually, I don't remember which network it is. Abbott Elementary is this sort of mockumentary sitcom. So it follows in the footsteps of The Office and Parks and Rec, where it's following this um, underprivileged elementary school and sort of the teachers at this school trying (laughs) to fend for their lives. Um, It's from Quinta Brunson, who became famous through BuzzFeed, I'm pretty sure. She did some sort of video show on there, which I never watched, but interesting she's also a twitter personality and so she created this she stars in it um and it's just kind of a delightful you know reminds you of the golden era of tv sitcom moment uh really scratches that parks and rec itch like the feel good funny character driven doesn't actually make sense why this camera crew is following them or (laughs) you know how they have so much free time to talk in the 
in the lunchroom, that sort of thing. But it's an ABC show. They have nine episodes out so far. They're on a two-week break. And then we'll come back with the rest of their season, which I think is just four more episodes. Um, but it's actually like really, really charming. And it has uh, Leslie Chessie and Walter. Yeah, from, <laughs> from the parent trap. That's how yeah. I first heard about it. Um, this is like a total random side tangent. But I went on a date. When was this? Maybe <laughs> last summer with with her n- nephew. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I can't remember how that even came up on the date, but he was like, oh, yeah, like, Chassie is my aunt. Yeah. And I was like, what? Um, so She's anyways, crazy. but then I follow him on Instagram. And mm. so he was posting about how she was in the show. And I was like, oh, well, that's and then and then I kept seeing good reviews like from other places as well. So yes. I don't know. I mean, I never really watched Parks and Rec or The Office or any of those mm. shows. Um, so I don't know this, this it's it, cute it's fun and you're it's obviously more, you're like, more into comedies I, than I, I am, am but I know but yes I can it's definitely going to be a big Emmy winner like people are obsessed with it it's very charming it's it stars a very diverse and the cast Emmys like, are it's a lot desperate of... for a network show they <laughs> exactly. are desperate this is they, can be their stop, crowd they can finally stop forward. nominating mom yes please and thank you there's so many like good side characters they're building up like there's this vice principal who's like really bad at her job but you also just like love like she's a diva she's constantly doing eye rolls at the camera like that sort of vibe it's a lot of fun and it's just like really it's a nice break you know to just like Mm -hmm. you know see get a look at how underfunded our schools are but ultimately ending on a happy note every week you know It, it just feels nice to have that structure and to just have something to look forward to on your lunch break, whatever you're doing. So you can watch it on Hulu, obviously, but it's also on ABC. Um, I think Tuesday nights, Monday nights. Um, but yeah, I was, I'm really charmed by it. So Aww. I recommend it. <laughs> well, I have a big fat hate it to bring oh. <laughs> to, the, to the table. Okay, okay. So I'm watching my way through the Oscar nominees as I do. Mm. And I had to watch this movie Four Good Days, which is nominated in the song category. Have oh, you wow. heard anything about this? <laughs> no. You really are dedicated, though. I, I want to take I mean, a moment to to applaud you for thank that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, This is a movie starring Glenn Close and Mila Kunis that... Oh. Um, came to Sundance, I think, two or three years ago. Uh, got terrible reviews. Somehow or another, just like sat in a purgatory for a while before very quietly coming on to Hulu this year. <laughs> and you know it's bad when there is a gl- big Glenn Close performance in the middle of it and you've heard nothing about it for award season because people are desperate to try to give her another Oscar. Um, but basically, Glenn Close plays a very um like has the karen haircut mom um whose daughter played by mila kunis is a drug addict who's like lost her teeth and has you know scabs (laughs) all over her the mila kunis shows up at glenn's doorstep and is like uh, it's unclear whether or not she's actually trying to get clean or sort of just gets like accidentally talked into getting clean while she's trying to get money from her mother um (laughs) But they end up going to the doctor and the doctor's like, hey, we have this new medication that if we put it in your arm, like basically you can't get high for a month. It's a shot. So you can try to do drugs, but it like won't give you the high even if you do them. So it's like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Um, 
which I guess is a real thing. I had never heard of this, but I guess it's real. Hmm. And, but the catch is that you have to be completely clean when you get the shot or otherwise you go into like crazy withdrawals and could possibly die. And so they have to try to figure out like how they're going to get Mila Kunis to stay sober for four days so she can get this shot. So it's just a lot of like Mila and Glenn, like hanging around their house and Mila's like having all kinds of weird, um, like mood swings and whatnot. But it's like someone went through and was like, list off every trope that you can possibly think (laughs) of in a drug addict movie. And we're going to shove every single one of them into a four day time period in the most ludicrous scene of the movie. Mila Kunis like goes with Glenn close to the grocery store. And one of her old teachers shows up and is like, Oh my gosh, like, I I can't believe it's you. I thought you were dead. And Mila's like, no, I'm still alive. And the teacher's like, I'm still a teacher. Why don't you come speak to my classroom tomorrow about being clean and not being on drugs anymore? And it's like, the woman is like barely standing up. Like, why would we invite her to come to class (laughs) the next day? And so then of course she goes to class and one of the kids is like, well, why don't you just not do drugs? And then she has like a meltdown and screams at the child. The movie is terrible. (laughs) In so many ways, the acting is bad. Glenn Close is like overacting her way through the whole thing. Like Mila Kunis is not that good of an actress in general. <laughs> it's just, it's a rough But slog. is the song good? No. The song is a <laughs> Diane Warren song that is playing over the credits. And the only reason why it's nominated is because it's Diane Warren. Yes. And she's famously been nominated 13 times for Best Song and has never won. So they just every year give her another nomination, even though she's not winning any of these. It's like, if she's, if she's not going to win, don't nominate her. Uh, like, I don't understand the point <laughs> of it. It's sort of like a Glenn Close in um, Hillbilly Elegy situation again. <laughs> Where, yeah, the mm. song is bad, the movie's bad, the performances are bad, everything is terrible. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So not a good time to watch it. No, no, would avoid, would avoid. <laughs> Unless you're like me and trying, you know, as a, a completist, I would say stay away. <laughs> okay, well, for people up to the challenge, it's on Hulu, you said? Yes, it is on wow. Hulu. Well, you can watch that and then cleanse your palate. It was so bad, I had to watch it in parts. Like, I would watch, like, 20 minutes and be like, I have to turn this off. This is is terrible. There's a part where Glenn Close is, like, running through a flop house, like, screaming, like, where's my daughter? Where's my daughter? And she, like, grabs this woman and, like, flips her around. And, you know, the woman's, like, naked and has, like, a needle in her arm. She's like, I'm not your daughter. It's like, well, duh. (laughs) Okay, well, it wasn't on my radar before, and I'm uh, glad to keep it off. So, thank you. Yeah, get excited to see that at the bottom of our (laughs) uh, rankings this year. Uh, Well, I did pull through, and I watched uh, Euphoria, so we could talk about that on Thursday. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. Well, you originally told me that you were just going to watch the (laughs) premiere and the finale, so. Yeah. Did you watch, had you already watched the first season or no? No, sorry. So I did so not you watch just the watched the season. second season. Yes, that is I correct. think that's fine. Um, so we'll have thoughts, feelings. Uh, the Euphoria finale was on Sunday last night. Yes. So, um, big moment, broke HBO. Congrats to you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they can get Sam Levison to write the next season of the Oscars and <laughs> people will show up for it. Um, Look, if it has that many penises in it, I'll watch. <laughs> yeah but you can find us on social media um i also just want to point out that we are making light of a very heavy week so 
Um, obviously, thoughts with Ukraine. It's a tough time to be human on this planet. Uh, mm-hmm. With that, with everything going on, Texas, uh, LGBT fans across the country. Yes. It's not a good time. Um, we shouldn't be your news source for that. Um, but we do want to say that we're thinking of them and uh, learning all we can as we go forward. But um, yes. we'll be back with our review on Euphoria, which is another totally irrelevant <laughs> story in our current sphere, but nonetheless has brought joy and distraction to people for reasons that we'll have to discuss on yes. our, that episode coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll be back on Thursday. Um, and yeah, until then you can follow us on social media, leave us a review, all the usual stuff. See you then. Bye. Bye.